This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. And now, the adventures of Superman. Superman in the guise of Clark Kent Perry White, editor of the Daily Planet, Lois Lane, and young Jimmy Olsen are now in the Canadian North Woods on their way to the hunting lodge of Sebastian Beauvais, an old friend of Perry White's, who is in trouble and needs them. Also making the trip is a man who calls himself Niles Graham, but whose true identity, that of the Laugher, is known to Clark Kent. Graham, or the Laugher, although he has met Superman, is not aware that Kent and the Man of Steel are one and the same person even though he suspects he has seen Kent somewhere before. As our last episode ended, our friends were encamped in the thick of the Canadian wilderness while a tremendous hailstorm raged through the woods. Quartered in the same tent, Kent and the Laffer were just falling to sleep. And suddenly, a tremendous tree broken by the force of the storm snapped and started to crash down on the flimsy canvas shelter. Piercing the canvas of the tent with his X-ray vision, Superman sees the huge tree crashing straight down on him and the laughter. Suddenly he throws himself across the fat man's body, embracing himself, receives the full weight of the falling tree across his back. Uh, there. Half smothered, and not knowing that the body of Superman is forming a bridge over his own, the laughter cries out, Kent, what's happened? I can't see. The tent's caved in us. Kent! Only one thing to do. Huh? What? That sounded like... No, it's impossible. Superman couldn't be up here. Oh, couldn't I, my fat friend? Well, I am. I just had to put Clark Kent to sleep temporarily. And I'm afraid I'll have to do the same with you. Why? What's the reason for anything? There. That's that. Now to get this tree off us. Evil. There we are. Better put this tent back up, too. Fortunately, there isn't much damage. So... I'll just set this oil lamp right again. Oh, our fat friend is coming, too. He'll probably ask a hundred questions about Superman. 
Well, I know all the answers, and he's welcome to them, every one. And you say, Mr. White, that you have never seen this creature known as Superman? No, I've been close to him, Mr. Graham, but I've never actually seen him. I believe Jimmy Olsen and Lois have, though. Now, how about it, Jimmy? Oh, sure, lots of times. Golly, if it weren't for Superman, I wouldn't be here now. He saved my life and Lois's and Mr. Kent's hundreds of times. Isn't that so, Mr. Kent? Certainly is, Jim. <laughs> An unbroken record, eh? Do you suppose you'll ever slip up so far as saving people is concerned? Oh, I hope not. Well, what you say, Mr. Graham, he must have saved your life when that tree crashed. Though it's certainly beyond me what Superman is doing up here in the Canadian North Woods. Well, Superman always seems to be wherever Mr. Kent and Miss Lane and I happen to be. I've never been able to figure out why. Have you, Miss Lane? Now, don't disturb Lois, Jim. She's riding up ahead there with her eyes glued to the scenery. Tonight, around a fire at the hunting lodge, she'll start telling us about all the beauties of nature. And speaking of the hunting lodge, uh, Guide, uh, how long before we reach the hunting lodge? Soon. Not far, monsieur. <laughs> He's been saying that all morning. Strange, but I can't seem to get this Superman out of my mind. Does he worry you, Mr. Graham? Why should he, Mr. Kent? I'm sure I don't know. I just noticed that every time you mention Superman, you get a sort of baffled look in your eyes. You misread the signs, Mr. Kent. What you see is not bafflement, but interest. Oh, I see. By the way, Superman must have hit you very lightly last night. I've got a badly swollen jaw, yet yours is perfectly normal. Can you account for that? If I felt there was any reason why I should make an accounting to you, Mr. Graham, I might. As it is, I'm not interested. Hey, hey, you two, stop quarreling. You haven't said a civil word to each other all morning. <laughs> Mr. Kent and I seem always to have differences of opinion. Nothing serious, however. <laughs> I'm sure Mr. Kent and I will get to know each other better. Yes, I'm sure we will. Say, look off there through the trees. Isn't that a house? Uh-huh. I see it, too. Is that Sebastian Beauvais's hunting lodge, Mr. White? It certainly is, Jimmy. We've arrived at last. And there's old Sebastian himself. Get up there, horse. Get up. There's Sebastian! Sebastian, you old coat, we're here. We've arrived at last. Get up there, horse. Get going. Get going. Put more log on fire. It's cold night. Now men sit and make big talk. Well, the first thing I'd like to know well, is... Will you what... be quiet? What? Sebastian said we men would sit and talk. That automatically leaves you out. Oh, no, no, Perry. Young Jimmy is a man, too. Little man, but still a man. Well, I'm really only a kid, I guess, but... Gosh, I like to be on things, too. Maybe. You shall be. Yeah. Fire cracker good. And now, Sebastian, why have you brought us all the way up here into this wilderness? Uh, well... We've been here three hours now, and every time we mention the reason why you sent that letter, you put us off. You really owe it to us to give us some sort of explanation. I've been worried, Sebastian. I knew you wouldn't have enclosed in your letter that ring I gave you years ago unless you found yourself in some sort of trouble you couldn't handle. Now, come on, what is it? Why did you send for me? Well, the truth is, I do not know. What? You don't know the... 
Over here, we travel nearly a thousand miles by plane and horseback up here into the Hudson Bay region, and when finally you do decide to answer our questions, all you do is to take that stump pipe out of your mouth and say you don't know why you sent for us. That is the truth, Perry. I don't know. Or I should say, I know, but I cannot tell you. Well, why not? You would not believe me. Well, of course we'll believe you. You certainly wouldn't have had Mr. White make this trip without good cause. No, but it is not my cause. It is not his. It is the reason of a superstitious woodman like myself, not a city man like Perry White. And well, now I do not know. Well, I do know. You'll either tell us why you got us up here that Perry or this fine friendship of ours ends right here and no, now. No, 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 Perry. Don't Perry me. I demand to know what trouble you're in, Sebastian. Hello. Then I will tell you. Listen. The Wendiga. The what? The Wendiga. The werewolf. Now I tell you. For a few minutes when the Wendigo all three time, then you will see for yourself. Say what? The headless Indian. The headless Indian? Yeah. The headless Indian. Ah, Sebastian, don't tell me you've fallen for that old legend. What legend is that, Mr. White? Well, there's a legend in these parts that those who were about to die see a headless Indian riding through the night. Oh, how can he be seen in the night? He glow like he's on fire. You say you've seen this, this apparition? Well, I see it twice. Now, tonight, I will see it, I think, three times. Well, if you've seen it twice and are still alive, that ought to be proof enough that there's nothing to worry about. You forget the legend, Perry. One dies when one has seen the Indian for the third time. Listen. He went to Gaul again. When he told for the third time, the headless Indian will appear on the ridge. And tomorrow or soon after, I, Sebastian Beauvais... We'd be dead. No, 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 no. Don't talk like that, Sebastian. Now that we're here, we'll see that no harm comes to you. Yeah. But we'll see that plenty of harm comes to that headless Indian and the Wendigo. Ah, it would do no good to kill the Wendigo. Or the Indian would still appear. Besides, you would need a silver bullet to kill the werewolf. Oh, I'll kill it with my bare hands if I can get hold of it. Listen. The wind is beginning to blow. It's sure sign. Soon the wolf will howl again. Then for the third time, the headless Indian will be seen on earth. You, you can hear him too? Ah, oui, Jimmy, oui. You will hear you. It is a sound I cannot describe. Ah, this is fantastic. The legend of the headless Indian come to light. <laughs> the Wendigo crying in the wilderness. Wow, oh, it's ridiculous. You will see, mon ami, and you will leave. Even if I do see it and hear it, I won't believe it. But I believe that I will die. Wait a minute, let me get this straight. You die if you see the headless Indian three times. Oui. And you've already seen him twice? Oui. Well, then, just don't go near that window when the headless Indian rides across the ridge. I cannot help myself. When I hear the cry of the Indian, I'm forced to go to the window. I cannot stop myself. Well, then, we'll do the stop. Ah. Wendy Gowl for the third time. In less than a minute, we will hear the headless Indian as he gallop with the wind across... That is the cry. I must go to the window. I must watch. Chief, grab him. You're staying here, Sebastian. No. Let me go. You cannot save me. I must go to the window. Let me go, Barry. Great jumping Jiminy, Mr. Kent. Look. Look out the window. Yes, I see. A flaming, headless Indian. Riding across the ridge. 
standing at the window, Jimmy and Kent are transfixed as they witness the wild ride of the strange apparition across the windswept ridge. The headless Indian bathed in an eerie light. How much truth is there in the legend of the Wendigo, the werewolf, and the headless Indian? Is it a legend, or is death due to strike Sebastian Beauvais? Don't miss a single word of Monday's thrill-packed episode and listen to this exciting story every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Tune in and follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Look in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. And now, the adventures of Superman. Superman in the guise of Clark Kent. Editor Perry White of the Daily Planet, Lois Lane, girl reporter, and Jimmy Olsen, copy boy, are now visiting Sebastian Beauvais at his hunting lodge in the Hudson Bay region of northern Canada. Niles Graham, actually the sinister character known as the Laugher, who has tried desperately to keep Perry White from ever reaching the hunting lodge, is also a guest there. It was long after dark, and White, Kent, Jimmy, and Beauvais were gathered around a huge log fire in the main room of the lodge. A cold wind blew outside, and the frosty moon lit up the snow-covered landscape. Suddenly, a wolf howled, and Sebastian Beauvais said it was the howl of Wendiga, a werewolf whose eerie call foretold the appearance of a headless Indian, and he who saw the headless Indian three times would surely die. As our last episode ended, the wolf had howled for the third time. 
You say that he who sees the headless Indian three times will die? Oui, oui. That is so. And you've already seen him twice? Oui, twice. Well, then, just don't look at the headless Indian for a third time. Sure, that's the answer to it. No, no. You do not understand, my friends. I cannot tell myself. When the cry of the Indian is heard, I shall be forced to go to the window. Something pulled me. It is like when... When the snake charmed the bird. Well, you're not going to be charmed this time. I'll see to that. Great Caesar's ghost. What's that horrible wail? That is the cry of the headless Indian. I must go to the window. Grab him, Chief. I've got him. No, 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 Perry. Do not try to stop me. Soon the headless Indian ride across the ridge. I must see him. I must. Come to the window, Jim. Are you uh, back? Any headless Indian is going to ride across the ridge. I want to see him. Perry, let me go. Let me.
the gleaming rifle swinging from his fat, bejeweled hand. Meanwhile, totally unaware that they're being trailed, Kent and White have found the tracks of a headless Indian's horse on the ridge and followed them into the snow-covered woods. Well, you know, Kent, I... I can't understand why Sebastian never followed these tracks before. He could do it a lot easier than we can. He's a skilled woodsman. Probably afraid. Sebastian is superstitious, and the mere thought of a ghost like the headless Indian... Ah, the headless Indian is no ghost. The proof's right there in front of us. Proof? Where? Well, see that low-hanging branch of that tree where I'm pointing the flashlight? You see where the snow was knocked off? Yes, you're right. Yeah. The Indian hit that with his shoulder as he galloped through here. He didn't gallop. He slowed down to a walk after he got over that ridge and out of sight. What? You can tell by the hoofprints of the horse in the snow. A galloping horse throws back earth or snow from under his hoofs. These prints are clean and sharp. Hey, Chief, you're not a bad woodsman yourself. Oh, forgotten most of what I used to know. Well, oh, that's your right. Wish that wind didn't bite so. We may have a long trail to follow. That's your right, Chief. Why don't you go on back to the lodge? Uh, not on your life. I want to get my hands on whoever's masquerading as a headless Indian. I don't mind the wind as much as you do. I could go on alone. And probably lose the trail. I'm the woodsman in this outfit, Kent. Oh, excuse me, Daniel Boone. Now, don't be so clever, Kent. One of these days, you'll outsmart even yourself. I'm sorry, Chief. It's having a little fun. Yeah. Wait a minute. What is it? Hmm. Nothing, I guess. Happened to turn around, wanted to be sure of our bearings so we can get back to the lodge without any trouble. Yes? I thought I saw something ducked behind a tree. Just the effect of the moonlight shadows on the snow, I guess. Hey, Mr. White, how do you figure all this? Figure all what? Sebastian's headless Indian, that werewolf. Any inkling as to the reason for it all? No, no, none at all. Unless it's to scare Sebastian away from these parts. Or why, I don't know. I did notice some strange things at the logs this afternoon, though. You know, there are some other guests beside our party. I don't know much about sportsmen, but it did seem to me that most of them look, well, pretty tough. Well, that face has changed for the worse, and that's not like Sebastian. What do you mean? And Sebastian was always very careful about his guests. If he didn't think you were up to his standards, he wouldn't have you here. I see. Well... Wait. Hey, something's happening to this trail. Yeah. Yes, the hoof prints are becoming lighter, not, not quite so deep in the snow. That doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Those prints will go right down through the snow to the earth. They're getting lighter and lighter as we go along. Honey, I can't understand it. Kent, something strange is going on here. Uh, something strange is going on here. Uh, not too many trees through here. Yeah, the trail's growing fainter. Looks as if it'll land. Look out, Mr. I got you. Yeah, you're all right. I can't. It's, it's a precipice. So deep I can't see the bottom. Yes, and you almost went right over yeah, it. Yeah, right. Well, it's a good thing I was right behind you there and grabbed you. Yeah, well, I... Hello. Wait, I... Can I get my breath back in a minute? Yeah, you're all right. Phew. That was close. Well, Kent, what does this all mean? Those hoof prints ended right here on the edge of this canyon. That horse either leaped off or... No, no, I don't believe in flying horses. He could never have jumped to the other side. I can just see it from here. Must be 50 yards wide. Those hoof prints in the snow growing lighter. Look here. There, right on the edge of the precipice. His hoofs were barely touching the snow. Barely touching the snow, Kent. You realize what that means? Well, if I see the picture rightly, the horse took off and flew up into the sky. Exactly. No, no, it isn't possible. Horses can't fly any more than Indians can ride without heads. Come on, Chief. Let's look around and see what we can find in the way of clues. Wait. 
Shouldn't we make our way down into the canyon and see if the horse and rider are at the bottom of it? What? Might have been an accident, you know. Well, that doesn't explain the hoof prints. The light impression in the snow as if the horse were taking off. No, no, that's true. But I can't believe that the horse actually started wind and took off. Look out, Perry White and Clark Kent. For as you stand on the edge of that canyon, outlined perfectly in the frosty moonlight, back in the darkened woods, at a spot where he can command an excellent view of you both, stands the laugher. <laughs> he chuckles softly to himself as he examines the rifle in his hand, making sure there is a bullet in the chamber. Slowly, carefully, he raises the rifle to his shoulder <laughs> and takes careful aim. There's only one thing to be done, Kent. We've got to go back and wait until tomorrow morning. Oh, I doubt if we'll find anything. I don't believe that horse sprouted wings and flew, but neither do I believe that he jumped off the edge of this precipice. Man, well, we'll tell better in the morning. <coughs> oh, Mr. White! Oh. Chief! Look. Look out for yourself, Kent. I, I've been shot. With a warning cry to Kent, Perry White drops to his knees in the snow, struck by a steel-jacketed bullet from the laugher's rifle. Is this the end of the trail for Perry White? Don't miss tomorrow's thrill-packed episode, same time, same station. Tune in and follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who disguised as Clark Kent mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. And now, the adventures of Superman. Superman and his guise of Clark Kent, Perry White, Lois Lane, and young Jimmy Olsen are now deep in the wilderness of the Hudson Bay region of northern Canada, visiting Sebastian Beauvais at his hunting lodge. Sebastian claimed to have seen a headless Indian riding through the night twice. If he saw it a third time, according to the legend, he would die. Shortly thereafter, the cry of the Indian was heard, and his flaming figure, minus a head, was seen galloping through the forest on a huge white horse. Kent and White set out to follow the trail of the apparition through the snow-covered woods. Meanwhile, the sinister character known as the Laugher, carrying a rifle, followed the two men. As our last episode ended, Kent and White had come to the edge of a deep canyon, from which the white horse and its mysterious headless rider seemed to have taken off into thin air. And as they stood discussing the weird circumstance... Kent, we'll have to come back here tomorrow and have a look at the bottom of that canyon. Well, we won't find anything. That horse certainly didn't leap into space and kill himself and his rider. Well, he certainly didn't sprout wings and take off like an airplane. <coughs> oh, Mr. White! Chief! Look out for yourself, Kent. I... I've been shot, Chief. No! Mr. White! 
Great Scott. Blood streaming from his temple. Got to get him back to the lodge at once and telephone for a doctor. All for these clothes. <laughs> Can't waste precious seconds. Not even a Superman. There. Just gather him up in my arm. And now, up, up, and away! Open up, Jimmy. Open the door, for heaven's sake. It's Mr. Kent and Mr. White, Sebastian. Ah, c'est bon. Sorry. Mr. Kent, wh- what's happened? Why are you carrying Mr. Out White? Out of the way, Jim. I want to get him to that couch in front of the fireplace. Mr. Kent, mon Dieu, what has happened? I know if you go after the headless Indian. Ah, c'est dommage. Bury my friend. Let me get him on that couch, please. And close the door, Jim. Don't stand there gawking. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Jimmy. Have me put the couch close to the fire. All right. Burn good. Very need to be warm. Ah, mon Dieu, mon Dieu. Where's the nearest doctor? Doctor, you make the job. No, I'm asking you. There is no doctor for a hundred of miles. Got to do something. Mr. White may be dying. For 40 years in these woods, I am my own doctor. I will look at him. Uh, The pulse first. Let me see. Uh, Sebastian, Wait, wait, young one, wait. What happened, Monsieur Kent? I don't know exactly. We were standing out in the woods on the edge of a canyon. When suddenly I heard a shot fired and Mr. White collapsed at my feet. How long ago is this? Oh, less than a minute. What? You said Barry and you standing on the edge of the canyon? This must be Devil's Canyon. It's the only one and it is five miles from here. And you got back with Mr. White in a minute? A minute? Oh, well, I I, I must have made a mistake. Well, I've noticed you make strange mistakes in what you say very often, Mr. Kent. Oh, never mind that. Mr. White may be dying. No, he is not dying. He will be all right. The bullet grazed the side of his head. Jimmy. Yeah? You go to the bathroom. Bring me a small medicine kit. See what that quick. Wait. Uh, I mean, fit, sure. Fit. Are you sure Mr. White's going to be all right, Sebastian? Have a certainty. Hello, Kent. You're from the city. Even the North Woods, often there is the accident. We learn how to take care of ourselves. Uh, Perry, his pulse is very strong. Oh. Hello, even now I begin to wake up. Perry, Perry, mon ami. Uh, what, what? You see, Monsieur Kent? Oh, thank heaven. I was so worried when I saw that blood. My only thought was to get him to a doctor as quickly as possible. Of course, of course. Still, I cannot understand. What? How do you return carrying a heavy man like Perry from the Devil Canyon in so short a time? Well, you see... No, no, Kent. I do not see. It takes at least one full hour to reach the canyon from here. You left here one hour ago. How do you and Perry reach the canyon and return in, in that time? Well, I uh, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't the Devil's Canyon at all. It was precipice, you say, and canyon? Yes. Eh bien, it is the only one near here. You know something, Mr. Kent? What? I like you. You are a very fine person. But I, Sebastian Beauvais, have the sixth sense. In the woods, you learn that. You learn to look in the right direction when the moose or the elk cross the path. Why? The sixth sense. And my sixth sense tell me there is something strange about you. You are not... You are not what you appear. There's nothing strange about me any more than there's something strange about that headless Indian. You say queer words. The headless Indian is very strange, certainement. Oh, no, the headless Indian is a trick, nothing more. And we'll prove that to you before we're through. Eh, bien. Oh, I'll tell you something. You're hiding something from Mr. White and me. Huh? Oh, don't look so surprised. Perhaps I have a sixth sense, too. Monsieur Kent, I tell you... It's all right, it's all right. No one's rushing you. You Tell us in your own good time. Just remember one thing. We can't help you unless you tell us everything. Understand? Oui. I understand. What are you holding back? What would you like to tell us that you feel you can't? Well? I... Here's the medicine. Uh... 
Gosh, I hope I'm in time. Uh, we will not fix Parrish one here. We'll take him upstairs to his room. You bring the kids, Jimmy. Okay. Here, I'll give you a handle, Mr. White. Am I a weakling? Am I a puny city fellow? I carry my friend Perry in my own strong arms. So, up the stairs, Jimmy. You know the room? Okay, follow me. Well, uh, since the chief's all right, I, uh, I'll, I'll stay down here if you don't mind. Not at all, monsieur. You wish to look in the fire and dream a while, n'est-ce pas? Do not worry about Perry. In the morning, he is as good as new. Bonsoir, monsieur Kent. Good night, Sebastian. Good night, Jim. Good night. Clark Kent watches the others out of the sight up the stairs. Then seats himself before the fire. Slowly the mantel clock ticks the minutes away and the fire burns to embers. The clock strikes one. A few moments later, the outer door opens slowly. It is the laugher who quietly enters the main room of the lodge, rifle in hand. As he moves toward the stairway, the form, not of Kent, but of Superman, rises from behind the couch and stands weirdly silhouetted in red cape and blue suit in the flickering embers of the fire. Wait. What? I want to talk with you, laugher. <laughs> Come here. Why? I cannot see you very well. The room is so dark. Superman. <laughs> Bless my soul, I believe it is. What in the world are you doing here? Give me that rifle. <sighs> Just as I thought. This rifle has been fired. I've done a good deal of hunting with it. I mean within the last few hours. What were you doing out in the woods tonight? Attempting to kill Perry White and Clark Kent. Oh? Strange thing. I got White. Saw him drop. But then something happened. What happened? I can't say exactly. I couldn't see very well. It all happened so quickly. Suddenly neither Kent nor White's body were there. Did you have anything to do with that? I may have. It may also interest you to know that you failed to kill White. Your bullet grazed his temple. He's still alive. But you admit you tried to kill Perry White and almost succeeded. Why not? You recall in our previous meeting, Superman, I analyzed you as the type who would not kill. I also told you that no amount of pain would have any effect on me. As for the police... If you wish them to take care of me, you must have proof of any accusations you make. Accusations that cannot be proved, Superman. Bounce off me like rubber balls. Well, try and bounce this off your jaw. <laughs> All right, get up. <laughs> Dear me, I dislike being buffeted about like a punching bag. I'm so fat it doesn't really hurt. Still, it wounds my dignity. Why, you... Take my word for it. No amount of pummeling will induce me to give up my resolve to get rid of your friends. Take me to the police. Even now that I've told you it was I who fired that shot at Perry White, and I will merely deny it. There's the evidence of the rifle, the fact that it's been fired. An accident. I was out hunting in the moonlight, and I mistook Perry White for a deer, let us say. <laughs> you see, Superman, I have alibis prepared for every emergency. There's nothing you can do to me. There is always something I can do to you. Not now. <laughs> Why do you look at me so strangely? There are people upstairs. People who mean to me more than my own life. 
They've been in many tight spots, and I've saved them every time. I'm not going to fail them now. <laughs> Perry White, Lois Lane, Clark Kent, yes, and young Jimmy Olsen, all shall perish. And there is nothing you can do about it. <laughs> As the fat man's hollow laughter echoes to the high beam ceiling, the muscles in Superman's arms tighten into steel-hard knots. For the first time in his existence, he feels an overpowering desire to kill, to crush the horrible creature standing before him, as he would a slimy reptile. But he restrains himself. There must be another way. Don't miss tomorrow's exciting episode of this thrilling story, same time, same station. Yes, and listen every day, Monday through Friday. Tune in and follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who disguised as Clark Kent mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. And now, the adventures of Superman. Superman and his companions in adventure, Perry White, Lois Lane, and young Jimmy Olsen, are staying at Sebastian Beauvais' hunting lodge in northern Canada, trying to clear up the mystery of the headless Indian, a weird apparition that has slowly been driving the superstitious Beauvais out of his mind. Also a guest at the lodge is Niles Graham, a sinister character known as the Laugher, who has sworn to do away with Kent and his companions. In our last episode, we heard how White narrowly escaped death when a bullet fired at him by the Laugher grazed his temple. It is now early the following morning. A bitter wind is howling outside the hunting lodge, and the snow-covered landscape can barely be seen, for the sun has not yet come up. Perry White stirs in his bed, moans a little, and sits up. Oh, oh, my head. Where in the world am I? And what happened? You're all right, Mr. White. Don't try to get up. What? Huh? Oh, is that you, Jimmy Olson? Yes, sir. Well, what are you doing here? Great heavens. Can't I even wake up without finding you sitting by my bedside? Well, gosh, Mr. White, Oh, I... forget it, forget it, forget it. Oh, what's happened? Where am I? Why is my head aching so? Well, you had an accident last night. Accident? What sort of a... Oh. No, it comes back. Now, let me see. We were all sitting talking to Sebastian when suddenly we heard a wolf howl, the Windigar, Sebastian called it. That's right. And then we saw the headless Indian. A headless Indian riding a big white horse. 
and glowing like he was on fire. Yeah. Now, let me see. Didn't Sebastian say something about... Oh, he was going to die or something? Yes, sir. You and I had to hold him down to keep him from getting to the window. If he had seen that headless Indian, it would have been the third time. That meant Sebastian was finished. Yeah, that's right, that's right. It's coming back to me now. The howl of that Indian through the night seemed to attract him, to fascinate him. But we didn't let him see the apparition the third time, so he's all right for the time being. Then it seems to me that Kent and I followed the tracks of the Indian's horse in the snow. That's right. You and Mr. Kent went out leaving me with Sebastian. Next thing I knew, about an hour later, a knock came at the door. When I opened it, there stood Mr. Kent carrying you in his arm. What? Nonsense. No, sir, it's true. Why was Kent carrying me? Someone fired a shot at you while you were in the woods and it grazed your temple. You don't know how close to death you came last night. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let, let me think, Jimmy. Great, Scott. Now I recall the whole thing. Kent and I followed those tracks right to the edge of a canyon, from which point the horse seemed to have sprouted wings and flown off into the sky. Gosh. Now, mind you, the hoof prints of that horse got lighter and lighter until finally they ceased to exist at all. Golly, Mr. White, that's amazing. Unless... Unless what? You remember when we were out west last year up in the logging country? How I walked out into the snow one night and my footprint suddenly stopped in the snow? Like I jumped into the air and hadn't come down? Yes. But the explanation to that was that the man who stole a pair of your shoes made the marks in the snow with them himself and then backtracked on them. You can't make a horse backtrack, Jim. No, I suppose not. But leap in macro, Mr. White. You don't really mean that horse took off like a... Like an airplane with the headless Indian on his back. Well, that's what the track showed. Either that or both horse and rider plunged to their deaths in that canyon. And I don't believe that for a minute because, well... Yes, sir? Because, Jim, some sort of trick is being played here. Someone is trying to drive Sebastian out of his mind. Or if not that, to frighten him away from the lodge. Probably the same person who fired that bullet at you last night. Yeah, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. So, Kent carried me all the way back to the lodge, did he? <laughs> Good for him. He's more of a man than I thought he was. Mm, what time is it? Mm, a little after six o'clock. Uh, morning or evening? Morning. Well, then, I, I might as well get up. Oh, I'll help you, sir. You're, you're sort of all tied up in the bedclothes. You did a lot of tossing around all night. Yes, I usually do. Fretful sleeper, always was... Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, how do you know I was tossing around all night? Why, I... I was here all night. You were here all night? In this room? Yes, sir, I... Well, I thought maybe you might need something. You know, like a glass of water or something like that. Did I do the wrong thing, Mr. White? Oh, no. Uh, no. Not at all, my boy. Oh, I thought maybe... Uh, look here. Look here, boy. You you couldn't have had any sleep all night. Oh, I dozed off every now and then. I feel great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for staying up with me. Uh, do you think you ought to get up, Mr. White? You had a pretty bad night, and it's kind of early to be getting up. Nobody else is up. It's not early for a woodsman, Jim. But you were shot. You're wounded. Uh, that doesn't amount to a row of beans. Yesterday, I promised myself I'd start out with my camera bright and early this morning and try to get some snapshots of animals, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. You're really going out into the woods with your camera? Wild horses couldn't stop me. Gosh. Now, you get my hunting pants and boots out of that closet, Jim, boy. Uh, my woolen socks are on this chair over here, and I'll be dressed and out in the woods before you can say Jack Robinson. Yes, sir. Well, first, out of these pajamas and into that heavy woolen shirt. Oh, hunting we will go, hunting we will go. Oh, this is going to be a great treat for me. 
I haven't prowled through the woods alone with a camera for years. Show you hunting things. Uh, thank you, boy. Thank you. You, uh, Do you always like to go alone? Do I like to go alone? Well, of course I like to go alone. Wouldn't go any other way. Did Daniel Boone take anyone with him on the long hunt? Did Leatherstocking let anybody come with him into the forest? Why, well, I should say not. Go it alone. Yes, sir. That's the... That's the, uh... The only way, uh, to do it. Hey, uh, alone. Oh. Uh-huh. Well, Dave, uh, you, uh... Mm, you want to go? Oh, gosh, could I, Mr. White? Could uh, I? Uh, no, uh, oh, yes, yes. Oh, golly, leap and mackerel, that's great. Yeah, My gosh, quiet, I have... you little imp. You want to wake up everyone in the lodge? If you do, they'll all want to go. Oh, golly, I'm sorry. I, I didn't think... Well, think next time. Well, I'll be dressed in the jiffy. You hurry up and get those hunting things on that Kent bought. Oh, yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. I'll be back in no time. No time at all. Oh! Didn't I tell him to be quiet? The blasted little... <laughs> Sat by my bed all night. All night. Leaping mackerel. It's freezing cold out here in these woods, Mr. White. You've got to get used to it, boy. If you're to become a woodsman. Like Daniel Boone and Leatherstocking? That's right. They must have been tough men. Yes, they certainly were. Daniel Boone must have been a, well, a sort of superman of his time, huh? Well, that's one way of putting it. I suppose he... Wait. wait. What is it? Shh, you quiet. Uh, I missed it. Mr. White. Uh, great George boy, didn't you see them? Three deer standing on the trail ahead. A buck and two doe. The most beautiful set of horns that I've ever seen. Oh, gee, I'm sorry. Oh, what a picture that would have made. Well, there's no sense crying about it. I guess I'm just not a woodsman. Well, you will be. You just stick to old Perry White and you'll learn to read signs like a veteran. Gosh. Well, what was it you meant before? You said Daniel Boone went on what you call the long hunt. The long hunt, Jim? Well, the long hunt was... Yeah, let's stop here for a second while I light up a pipe. Gosh, I've never seen you with a pipe before. You always smoke cigars. A pipe in the woods, boy. Cigars just don't fit in. Here, uh, hold this rifle. Well, why do you carry a rifle, Mr. White, if you're not going to shoot anything, except with a camera? Just as a protection, Jim. You never can tell when you may meet an ordinary kind of animal in the woods. A wildcat or a bear or something like that. Oh. Yeah. Give me the rifle. Yes, sir. So, you want to know what the long hunt was, oh, eh? Gosh, yes. Well... Daniel Boone used to set out into the wilderness uh, with enough food to last maybe a week, and he wouldn't come back for six months. Six months? That's right. He'd be in the woods all that time, hunting, trapping, trading with the Indians. He lived on the game he killed, uh, traded the skins to the Indians for trinkets and salt and other things. (laughs) But he got just enough to live on. And after six months or so, he'd return to the stockade with a pack of skins on his back, and he'd trade those skins in at the general store for enough food and clothing to keep them through the next six months. Gosh, how could a man live in the woods all that time, no. all by himself? It can be done. Anyhow, Boone did it. Well, come on, let's get started again. Uh, can I carry the rifle? Uh, may I carry the rifle? May I carry the rifle? No. Yes, sir. You're too young yet to handle firearms, Jim. Many a boy is hurt, yes, and many a man, too, because he doesn't know how to handle guns properly. Guns are dangerous, Jim, and you've got to know how to use them, loaded or unloaded. Yes, sir. What was that, Mr. White? <laughs> Just a partridge getting up. Oh, golly, it made me jump. Yes, partridges are like that. Hey, they wait till you get past them and then off they go. Now, let's see, that partridge must have been sitting watching us back there, way back there by that tree. Never mind back there. Look what's on the trail ahead. 
There's a picture. What's that? You... Here, take this camera, quick. Sure, but but why? You take the pictures. I want to have this rifle handy. But it's just a bear. I saw bears like that in Yellowstone Park when I was That's there. It's not exactly the kind of bear you find in Yellowstone, Jim. It's a grizzly. Uh, one of the largest I've seen, but it's not tame. There's nothing to be scared of, is there? Well, the bear's coming this way, and they... Look, he sees us. He's getting up on his hind legs. Sleeping, Matthew. Look at that mouth. Here, get behind me. What, what? Get behind me, I said. That bear. He's coming toward that us. That bear means business. I've got to shoot. Well, here it goes. Jim. Mr. White, what's it? The bear's coming straight for us, and this rifle isn't loaded. Its hairy, muscular arms outstretched, its monstrous mouth agape, the great grizzly rushes toward Jimmy and Perry White. White, with Jimmy behind him, stands waiting helplessly, an empty rifle in his hand. In a matter of seconds, the grizzly... But no, let's wait and see what happens in tomorrow's episode. Be sure to listen, same time, same station. Tune in and follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. And now, the adventures of Superman. Superman, in the guise of Clark Kent, star reporter, Lois Lane, girl reporter, Editor Perry White of the Daily Planet and young Jimmy Olsen are now in the Hudson Bay region of northern Canada, where they're investigating the mystery of the Headless Indian, a ghostly apparition that, according to legend, brings death to anyone who sees it three times. Sebastian Bovey, owner of the hunting lodge, which our friends are staying, 
has already seen the headless Indian twice. One of the guests at the lodge is a man who calls himself Niles Graham, but who is actually the sinister character known as the Laugher, who has vowed to kill our friends, including Kent. The Laugher doesn't know, of course, that Kent is actually Superman. Well, yesterday we heard how Perry White and Jimmy Olsen went off into the woods together early in the morning to do some hunting with a camera. Suddenly a huge grizzly bear appeared before them on the trail and came lunging for them. Hairy arms extended, its huge mouth wide open, its yellow fangs dripping. And just then, Perry White realized he had forgotten to load the rifle he was carrying. Listen. The rifle, Jim. I've got to load it. It's empty. You're leaping, Mac. Oh, Mr. White, what do we do? Run, Jim. Stop running. No, I'm staying with Will you. Will you do as I say? Run for your life. No. I'll hold the bear off long enough for you to get away. No, sir. I'm staying here. Jim, in the name of heaven. Oh, never mind. It's too late now. I'll have to use my hunting knife. You can't do it. Look, he'll kill us if both. If you won't run, then get behind me, Jim. Here he comes. Look at his mouth. His mouth. The huge grizzly, eyes blazing, fangs dripping, carries Perry White to the ground with the impact of his rushing body. Over and over in the snow they rolled, the long, thin blade of the hunting knife glinting in the sun as White drives it home again and again. Meanwhile, back at the hunting lodge, unaware of the danger his friends are in, Superman and his disguise of Clark Kent sits at a table in the dining room and is about to begin breakfast. Well, as soon as I finish breakfast, I better go up and see how Mr. White is doing. Oh, hello, Lois. Oh, I'm up early, I see. Hello, Clark. Yes, I thought I'd get up early and go for a walk in the woods. Hey, great idea. I'll go with you. Well, maybe Mr. White and Jimmy would like to go along, too. After what happened last night... Oh, I forgot. You don't know what happened last night. What? You don't know about the headless Indian and the chief almost getting killed. What in the world are you talking about? Oh, sit down. Sit down. Have some breakfast. I'll tell you all about it. Please do. Headless Indians. What in heaven's name do you mean? You have some breakfast? No, thanks. I'll wait. Go ahead with what happened last night. Well, after you went to bed, we all sat around the fireplace in the main room. Yes? Sebastian finally decided to tell us why he had gotten us up here, why it was so urgent. Yes, go on. Well, it seems there's a legend hereabouts that concerns a headless Indian who rides the forest at night on a huge white horse. And it's said that whoever sees the headless Indian three times will die. Sebastian has seen the headless Indian twice. What? Mm-hmm, and almost saw him for the third time last night. Oh, Claude, now this is stupid. Well, that's what I thought until I saw the headless Indian. You? You saw I certainly did. First we heard the cry of a wolf, and then the Indian, yowling like a banshee, came riding across the ridge there in front of the lodge. How could you see him in the dark? Well, last night was pretty clear with a full moon. And besides, this Indian is not only headless, but he glows in the dark like a... like an incandescent lamp. Oh, Clark, you're kidding. On my word of honor. That's how Mr. White came to get hurt. He and I set out to follow the tracks of the horse in the snow. Yes? Well, we followed them to a place called the Devil's Canyon. And as we approached, we noticed that the hoof prints in the snow were getting lighter. Getting lighter? Mm-hmm. Well, how could that be? I don't know. It seemed as if a horse's hoofs were barely touching the snow. And when we reached the edge of the canyon, we found that the hoof prints stopped entirely. Which meant that the horse either plunged over, carrying the headless Indian with him, or just took off into the air. Exactly. Now, listen, Clark, you don't believe that. Well, I believe it, and I don't believe it. Well, that's silly. How can you believe a thing and not believe it all at the same time? <laughs> Remember the tiny men? Oh, yes, no, I do. I told you the tiny men existed, and yet they didn't exist. That's exactly what I mean about this headless Indian and his flying horse. Oh, I see. You mean somebody's playing tricks? Exactly. Why? Well, we'll get to that later. First, let me finish my story. While White and I were standing on the edge of the canyon, a shot was fired from a rifle somewhere in the forest behind us. And the bullet grazed the chief's temple. Great heavens. Oh, he wasn't seriously hurt, though. I was afraid he was until I got him back here. 
I flew back with him as quickly as what I could. What did you say? I said I flew... I, uh, uh, I, I, I hurried back with him as quick as I... Monsieur Kent? Oh, yes. Yes, George. I'm through. You you may remove the dishes. No, no, bien, monsieur. It is not for this reason I speak. Oh? Something you want to tell me? Uh, oui. Uh, this morning, very early, uh, Monsieur White and the young boy, Jimmy, they leave to go hunting. Uh, they asked me to tell you they come by breakfast. Great, Scott. Mark, for heaven's sake, why did you jump up? Oh, look, you've knocked over practically everything on the table. Well, I just thought of something. I... I, I, I've got to go after those two. What for? Well, it, it's not safe in those woods. Oh, for heaven's sake, Clark, sit down. What could you do for them anyway? Uh, there's nothing to worry, Monsieur Kent. They have the damn rifle. No one will come. Monsieur Graham, he come in only 20 minutes ago with two fine partridge. Nothing happened to him. Mr. Graham was hunting this morning also? Oui. He leaves short time after Monsieur White and Jimmy. Lois, you'll have to excuse me. I I feel a little nervous. I, I've got some medicine in my room that I take when my nerves... I'll, uh, I'll be right back. With all the silly weak. Well, that's Clark. I am sorry your friend is upset. No, that's his natural state, George. How about some breakfast for me? Uh, we, uh, what would you like? Uh, oh, I... I might have the privilege of ordering Miss Lane's breakfast for her. Mr. Graham, good morning. May I sit with you? Please do, I'd love it. Thank you. George, I think uh, French pancakes will go especially well this morning for Miss Lane and myself. And some toast. Lightly done, golden, crispy brown, comfortable. No, oh, we, oui, Monsieur Graham, we. Oui. <laughs> well, Miss Lane, it's indeed a pleasure. I didn't expect to find you at breakfast at this early hour. It's hardly early for you. I understand you've been out hunting. Yes, fairly good luck. Managed to get a brace of partridge. We'll have them for lunch if you'll join me. I'd love it. You know, Mister Graham, you're a fascinating man. <laughs> Dear me. <laughs> It is rather early for compliments. I didn't mean it exactly as a compliment. I meant that, well, your appearance, for one thing. I'm afraid that counts against me. How can a man be fascinating when he's the unfortunate possessor of three chins and 200 pounds of weight he could well do without? I don't know. Somehow, in your case, it doesn't matter. You're well-tailored, you're... Well, I must confess, you, if you don't mind, you do sort of cover yourself with diamonds. Yes. I know it's vulgar. But I have a weakness for precious jewels. You'll overlook it, I hope. Oh, of course. Have you done any hunting, Miss Lane? No, I never have. Would you like to? Oh, I don't think so. I, I couldn't bear to kill anything. That's quite understandable, of course. However, you have no objection to shooting at a sport, and nothing more than that, I trust. I mean to say mere target shooting. Oh, no, no, of course not. Well, then suppose you and I go out after breakfast and take a couple of guns with us. Oh, no. Matter of fact, I've never even fired a gun. Then I'll teach you. No, really, I don't think I'd... Oh, come, Miss Lane. You're not afraid of me, are you? Well, to tell the truth, I don't know. Sometimes I... I don't know, I detect a look in your eye that... <laughs> I sound like a schoolgirl now. Then you will come. Target shooting's a great deal of fun. You can aim at trees and twigs and rocks and that sort of thing. You'll enjoy it, believe me. All right, I'll come. Don't let me get in your way, will you? <laughs> That's exactly what I want you to do, to get in my way. That was a queer thing to say. And you had that look in your eye. Schoolgirl? <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter? Through the window there. I thought I saw... I thought I saw a flash of red and blue against the snow. Red and blue against the snow? Yes. And for a moment I thought... 
Thought what? <laughs> do you believe in Superman, Miss Lane? Yes, I do. <laughs> Why are you laughing, sir? <laughs> Just a private joke, Miss Lane. <laughs> a private little joke of my own. <laughs> A flash of red and blue against the snow. Yes, for Superman is winging his way through the forest, following the trail left by Perry White and Jimmy, hoping he'll be in time to save his friends from the laugher. But this time, it is not the laugher who threatens their lives. A terrible scene is taking place in the deep vastness of the woods. Still fighting valiantly, though weakly, about to collapse any moment... Perry White, badly clawed and bitten, struggles to hold on to the knife, which is his only defense. Strives to find the strength to keep the monstrous grizzly at bay while Jimmy escapes. Jim! Run, boy, run! Save yourself! I'm finished. No, I won't. I can't. I'm going to stick with you. Don't be a fool, boy. Mr. White! Mr. White! Mr. White! What a spot Jimmy is in. And what about Perry White? Remember, too, as Superman speeds toward the scene, the laugher, masquerading as Niles Graham, is preparing to do away with Lois by pretending to take her hunting. What will happen? Be sure to hear tomorrow's episode and listen in every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Tune in and follow The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! The Loot Crate video box was with kids today, huh? Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, 
fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. And now, the adventures of Superman. Superman and his companions, Editor Perry White, Lois Lane, girl reporter, and Jimmy Olsen, copy boy, are now at a hunting lodge in northern Canada trying to clear up the weird mystery of the headless Indian, an apparition that has slowly been driving Perry White's friend Sebastian Beauvais out of his mind. Kent knows that Niles Graham, who is also staying at Beauvais' lodge, is the laugher, a sinister character who is determined to get rid of Kent and his companions. In our last episode, Perry White had been attacked by a ferocious grizzly bear while in the woods with Jimmy. Fighting off the bear with only a hunting knife, he finally collapsed in the snow. As our story opens today, Perry White lies unconscious on the snow-covered ground as the angry bear on its hind legs, its arms outstretched, lumberingly moves toward Jimmy, who is unaware that Superman is on his way. Listen. What can I do? If only Mr. Kent were here, or Superman. I'll have to run for help. He's coming after me. Superman, help me. Superman. Glad to, Jim. Glad to. Superman. Oh. Oh. Fainted dead away. Just as well he doesn't see what's going to happen here. Well, sorry to do this to you, old man. And this. And also this. One in the stomach won't do any harm. Ah, that took all the fight out of you. Now then, I wonder where... Great Scott, there's Mr. White lying in the snow. From the looks of it. Mr. White. Mr. White. Oh, no, no, it mustn't be. Oh, his pulse, I can still feel it. Oh, but that bear did a thorough job. His clothes are practically torn from his body. His face, his arms, and chest. I've got to get him back to the lodge quickly. Superman. Uh, nothing to worry about now, Jim. Look here, I've got to get your friend Mr. White back to the hunting lodge. I'll carry him on my back and take you under my arm. You all set? I'll say. And here we go. Up, up, and away! Taking through the air, grazing the tops of the tallest pine trees, Superman reaches the hunting lodge in a matter of seconds. He stops at the front door, deposits Jimmy on the hard-packed ground. <laughs> There. You coming in, Superman? No, I've other things to do. Get Beauvais to look at Mr. White right away. Good luck. Up, up, and away! Sleeping mackerel, he's gone. i got to get Mr. White inside right away. Jimmy, what? Mon Dieu, what have happened now? Uh, Mr. White and I got mixed up with a bear. Mr. White tried to fight off the bear. No, 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 don't explain. I can see what happened. We must get him inside quick. Oh, mon Dieu, c'est terrible, terrible. I'll give you a hand. Oui, oui. George, all right. The medicine kit in my room. Get it quickly. Also, warm water. Plenty of warm water. Yeah. We put him on this couch. Ah, uh, oh, the do his work well. Here comes Mr. Kent from upstairs. Hello, Jim. Sebastian. What in the world? Gee, he cannot hear you. Oh, why did I ask him to leave Metropolis and come here? Last night, he's almost killed. Today he looks that. Oh, don't say that. There's still a chance. He still has a pulse. How do you know? What? Oh, well, I, I just assumed I... Oh, this is no time for questions. What do you think had better be done? I am thinking. Yes. It is the only thing to do. Here is the medicine, Keith. George, go back to my room and turn on the shortwave radio. You are going to speak with Lake Mindel Station? Oui, hurry. Oui. What's this about a shortwave radio? I have one in my room. I play chess with my friend, Lieutenant Bennett, at the Royal Mounted Police Station in Lake Minto. You play chess with him? We oui. Open that bottle of iodine. That's it. You must put iodine on his wounds or there will be infection. Okay. Yes, yes. Bennett of the Mounties, a great chess player. I, too, love the game. The long winter evening, every night, we play together by radio. Oh, gosh, how do you do that? Uh, the board is like a checkerboard. Indeed, square of a number. 
We just called the numbers to each other. What are you going to do when you get in touch with Bennett? I'll find out if there is a plane coming in soon. We have got to get Perry to a doctor and very quickly. You sure he's that badly hurt? I have two, maybe three ribs broken. I can do nothing for him. He must have a doctor. Come, we carry him upstairs to bed. My room is across the hall from his and the radio is there. By the time we get upstairs, the radio will be warm up. All right, I'll take his feet. You take his head. Uh, no. Uh, Careful on the stairs. Uh, that's right. Okay. Golly, he looks awful, Mr. Kent. His face is so white. Except for those big claw marks. Oh, he'll be all right, Jim. He'll be all right, believe me. His room is just done here. You wait your tears ready, Sebastian. Ah, c'est bon. All right, Monsieur Kent, in here. Right. Oh, mon Dieu, mon Dieu. Was there ever such trouble? All is so peaceful here one month ago. Now the headless Indian rides at night, and my friend Perry. He... All right, leave him on the bed. So, we go across to my room now. I talk to Bennett at the Monte Station at Lake Minto. I have made contact already. Bennett, he waits to speak with you. Oh, I will throw the key. Hello, hello, Bennett. Hello, Sebastian. Don't tell me you want to play chess at this hour of the day. No, no. Listen to me, my friend, and do not interrupt. I have great trouble here. One of my guests, my dear friend Perry White, he has been bad clawed and beaten by Grizzly. We have got to get him to Ottawa quick. How soon you expect another plan? There's a forest patrol plane here now. We'll hold it for you. It's got to take you about two days to get here. Will your friend last that long? He will have to. He will have to. Excuse me, I'll be right back. Where are you going, Mr. Kent? I thought I heard Mr. White groan. He may be coming, too. I'll be back in a minute. Okay, I'll stay here. White's still out cold in that bed there. Well, this is a job for Superman. Off with these clothes. So, there. Now to gather him up in my arms. Careful. There we are. Open this window. So... Now, the question is, do I fly him to Lake Minto or straight to Ottawa? Well, it better be Lake Minto. Less questions to answer. Anyway, I've got to get back to watch Lois and Jimmy. Niles Graham is a dangerous man. Up! Up! And away! Lois and Jimmy must not be left unprotected, says Superman to himself. For the laugher, or Niles Graham, as he calls himself, means to do away with them. But unknown to the man of steel, at the very moment he is carrying Perry White toward Lake Minto with the speed of light... Lois, unsuspecting, is deep in the forest with the latter. Listen. <laughs> I must say you're doing tremendously well, Miss Lane. Why, you have a better eye with the rifle than I am. Yes, I did do pretty well with that last shot, didn't I? You certainly did. Now then, uh, let's see. Ah, good. There's an uncovered stone up ahead there. See if you can hit that. Uh, I can try. No, no, wait. wait. Grasp the stock of the gun as firm as you can. Yeah. Yet without exerting too much tension. Oh, I see. And hold your cheek right against the gun. Like that? That's right. Well, here goes. Splendid, beautiful shooting. By George, before the morning's over, you... Hello, what'll be here? Oh, it looks like footprints in the snow. Of course. These must be the footprints made by your friends last night when they followed the headless Indian. Yes, see there? The marks of footprints. Oh, I wanted to see that spot where they said the horse either plunged into the canyon or took to the air. Could we follow them? Certainly, come along. I've never followed a trail like this before. This is exciting. Makes me feel like Sherlock Holmes. Or Mrs. Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a canyon ahead, I believe. Yes, that's it, all right. Incidentally, uh, 
I don't believe that story of Kent. What story? Kent claimed that someone fired that shot at White from somewhere back in the woods. Well? Anyone who wanted to kill White could have gotten close enough to the thickness of the forest. Close enough to be sure of killing him without being seen. Someone must have fired the shot. Mr. White was wounded. Of course, someone fired it. Kent himself. I don't follow you, Mr. Graham. I'm convinced it was an accident. Kent slipped while carrying the rifle, and then when the damage was done, was afraid to admit his mistake. Oh, I don't believe that. Clark's a... Well, he's somewhat of a physical coward, but I don't think he's a moral coward as well. Maybe you're right. It's wrong of me to think anything like that of Kent. I'll tell you what I'd like to do, though. What? You stay here on the edge of this canyon just where White and Kent stood last night. I'll walk back into the woods and then see how close I can get to you without your seeing me. All right. It won't take long to do. Don't hurry. We've got all day. On the contrary, Miss Lane, I'd like to get these things over with quickly. I'll soon be deep enough in the woods where she can't see me, and then... Now then, let's see. Ah, yes. There she is, peering intently into the woods. She can't see me, but I can see her very plainly. (laughs) Well, Superman, wherever you may be, here's one of your friends who won't get away. I couldn't see White too well in the darkness last night. But it's daylight now, and I've got a clear view of Miss Lane. (laughs) Now then, to get her carefully lined up in the side of my rifle. So. (laughs) This time I can't miss. What in the world is going to happen now? Even as the fat, bejeweled laugher fingers the rifle trigger, Superman, carrying Perry White on his shoulders, is flying in the opposite direction. What can save Lois Lane? Well, there's a big surprise in store for us Monday, so be sure to listen in then and every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Tune in and follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, Mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. And now, the adventures of Superman. Clark Kent and his companions in adventure, editor Perry White, Lois Lane, and Jimmy Olsen, are now at a hunting lodge in the vast wilderness of the Hudson Bay region of northern Canada, attempting to solve the mystery of the headless Indian 
an apparition that has slowly been driving Sebastian Beauvais, owner of the lodge, out of his mind. Kent knows that Niles Graham, who is also staying at the lodge, is none other than the Laffer, a sinister character who, for some strange reason, has vowed to do away with Perry White and his friends. Matters are now in a very crucial state. Kent, as Superman, is on his way to an outpost of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police at Lake Minto, carrying Editor White, who is desperately injured in a fight with a grizzly bear and needs immediate medical attention. In the meantime, the Laffer has been pretending to teach Lois how to use a rifle. As our last episode ended, he had persuaded the girl reporter to stand in one spot while he disappeared into the woods. Some 50 yards away, he stopped, raised his rifle to his shoulder, and took careful aim at the unsuspecting girl. The situation is tense. What can possibly save Lois? Listen. (laughs) Well, Superman, wherever you may be, Here's one of your friends that won't get away. Now then, to get her carefully lined up beside of my rifle placed just over her heart. So. And now to pull the trigger. <laughs> For this time, I cannot miss. Now then. Oh, oh, oh my eyes. My eyes. The gun exploded. Oh. This way, Miss Lane. Over here. I'm coming. I'm coming. Mr. Graham. Help me. Help Mr. me. Mr. Graham. Your, your face. The rifle oh. exploded in my face. Get me to the lodge. How, oh, Mr. Graham? I, I can't oh. carry you. You've got to help me. You've got to. I've got to get back to the lodge. See if you can get to your feet. I, can, I can't possibly lift you alone. I can try. Uh, that's it. There, I'll try to support you as much as I can, but you'll have to walk by yourself. I can't see. I can't see. I'll lead you. So long as you keep on your feet, we're all right. Do you think you can reach the lodge? I must reach the lodge. I won't leave you. We'd better hurry. It's beginning to snow. Snow? Yes, you're right. It'll turn to a blizzard in no time. You may lose the trail. Let us go. Hurry. Lois and the Laffer struggle on through the forest. Hours later, frozen with cold, blinded by a raging blizzard, the Laffer stumbles and falls to his knees in the snow. I can't go any further. We must stop here, Miss Lane. All right. All right. Uh, uh. Miss Lane. Yes. You're lost. No, I'm not. I. Oh, come, admit it. Admit it. Yes, I am. <laughs> I've tried to keep it from you. You were right. <laughs> this is a blizzard. I can't see ten feet ahead of me. <laughs> I'm afraid I've lost the trail. I think I lost it hours ago. I've just been walking in the. Stop laughing like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm in pain. You must know that. You've got to put yourself together if we're ever going to reach the lodge. Yes. I can. I will. It's getting dark. It's almost twilight. Keep going. Keep going. The lodge may be... Uh... Oh, get up. Uh... Please, Mr. Graham, won't you please get up? 
We've got to go on. We've just got to. We'll be frozen to death if we stay here. What can I do? What can I do to make up? You've got to get to your feet. We've got to keep going. Uh, We may reach the lodge any minute now. It's dark, isn't it? It's night now, isn't it? Yes, but I've just been moving forward anyhow. I think I'm going in the right direction. No, you're not. You're lost, Miss Lane. We're both lost. We haven't a chance. Oh, don't say that. I've got to get you back to the lodge. Uh, I can't let you die. I've got to get you back. You're too nice a person, Mr. Graham. uh, (laughs) You're too fine. It wasn't your fault that the gun exploded. Why are you laughing that way? Why do you always laugh? I'm known as the laugher. The laugher? That's a strange name. I'm known as that because I'll always find something to laugh at. I shall even laugh at my own. You talk so strangely. Strangely? Your friend Superman would understand. Superman? What's he got to do with it? Listen to me. What do you think I was aiming at when the rifle exploded in my face? I don't know. You probably saw an animal. Yes, I saw an animal. A human animal. You. It's me. I don't understand. I was going to kill you, Miss Lane. But the bullet exploded in the rifle chamber. Going to kill me? Yes. I didn't want you and your friends to come to Sebastian Beauvais' lodge. It was important to keep you away. When, thanks to Superman, you succeeded in I tried to do away with Perry. I tried to do away with Perry White. <laughs> and failed. And failed because of Superman again. <laughs> I tried to kill you this morning. I bet sense. It's horrible. I thought you were... You thought I was a nice person. <laughs> a fine person. <laughs> well, now you know I'm not. <laughs> What's the word? doesn't matter. You're a human being, and I've got to save you if I can. I'm not concerned about myself, I'm worried about you. Me? (laughs) Don't you understand? I can't go any further. You'll have to go on by yourself. You'll be alone. Alone in the middle of a forest. In a raging blizzard. (laughs) What of it? I'll make the lodge somehow. I will make it. You hear? I will. As Lois starts to make her way toward the hunting lodge alone, Superman, carrying Perry White in his arms, arrives at the Royal Canadian Mounted Police Station at Lake Minto. This must be the Mounty Station. Thank heaven there's the plane waiting down at the float. They'll have Mr. White in Ottawa in no time at all. Hold there! What can I do? Well, what in the... Mac, who are you and where'd you get that costume? Never mind that. This man is Perry White. He was badly mauled by a bear at Sebastian Beauvais' hunting lodge. You must be flown to Ottawa at once. Well, now, wait a minute. I, I was just talking to Beauvais a few minutes ago. I know that. He said he was about to start on a two-day dog sled trip to bring White here. And, and now you show up wearing a blue suit and a red cape and a... 
Uh, I just don't get it, mister. Oh, that's unimportant. The important thing is to get White into that plane and started for the hospital in Ottawa. Well, the, the plane's ready, and I'm ready to start right now. Yeah. Uh, let me help you carry him down to the float. I don't need any help. Go ahead. All right. Looks like dirty weather ahead for flying. There's a blizzard coming from the north in the direction you just came. I flew through several snow flurries. Huh? Blizzard is probably broken in the country near the hunting lodge. I sure wish I knew you got that guy down here in such a hurry. Hey, listen. If you could get him here so quick, why don't you take him on to Ottawa? Because I've got to get back to Beauvais' hunting lodge as quickly as I can. Things may be happening up there that'll need my help. Well, what things? Never mind. Please, let's get right into that plane. Okay. I'll get up into the plane myself, and you can hand him up. Never mind that. I'll just leap up into the plane with him myself. Well, you've got to climb up. You can't step up. That door's a good six feet off the ground. Well, that's hardly a step for Superman. (laughs) You leaped right into the air. You... You're standing in the doorway of the plane. That's right. Come on, get up here yourself and get the plane started. Okay, but I must be going out of my mind. This just doesn't make sense. Uh, all right. Is White comfortable? He'll be all right. Get started. I'll wait till you do. All right. Okay, I'll leave you now. Uh, I have other work to do. You want to reach out of before the storm catches up with you? Don't worry. I'll get White there, okay? Good luck. Back to the hunting lodge. I've got a feeling something is wrong. Or what it can be, I don't know. Up! Up! And away! Taking off from the mounted station, Superman wings his way back toward the hunting lodge. A vague feeling of unrest telling him something is wrong. Will he arrive in time to save Lois? Be sure to listen tomorrow, for it may bring us the solution to the mystery of the headless Indian. And listen every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Tune in and follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is directed by George Lothar and is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. And now, the adventures of Superman. Superman and our friends are now in the Hudson Bay region of northern Canada, where they have gone to investigate the weird mystery of the headless Indian, an apparition which has slowly been driving out of his mind the good friend of Perry White, Sebastian Beauvais. For some reason, a man known as Niles Graham who was actually the sinister character called the Laffer, did not want our friends to reach Beauvais' hunting lodge. And when they at last did reach it, set out to kill them. In our last episode, we heard how a rifle exploded in the Laffer's face when he fired it at Lois Lane. 
The two were deep in the woods at the time, far from the lodge. Trying to get the lapper back to the lodge, Lois lost her way in a blinding blizzard. Night came on, and Lois left the lapper and struck off through the woods alone. At that very moment, Superman was returning to the lodge. As Clark Kent, he entered and was immediately confronted by Sebastian Beauvais and young Jimmy Olsen. Mr. Kent, where have you been? Why, I... Hello, Sebastian. Hello yourself, Kent. And do not evade the question. Where have you been? Oh, out and around. Mr. Kent, look. Some funny things have been going on here, and Mr. Beauvais and I convinced you were mixed up in it. What? What do you mean, Jim? I will tell you some facts. They will bore you, no doubt, for they are necessary, we. Six hours ago, you are standing in a room upstairs with me and Jimmy. In other room is Perry White. My friend Perry is bad sick from fight with Bear. Well? Me, I talked to Monty by shortwave radio at Lake Minto. He say we bring Perry there by dog sled to that trip. That's right. He say he all plane and rush him to Ottawa. Yeah, and just about that time you left the room, Mr. Kent. We, he leave the room. Well? Two minutes later, we go to Perry White's room. Perry is not in bed. He's vanished. And you, Kent, you are also vanished. Oh, wait a minute. I can't... Now, six hours later, you come in out of the storm. What have happened to my friend Perry? What have happened to you? Okay, okay, I'll tell you. For one thing, Mr. White is perfectly all right. What's that? What are you saying? Let me tell you what happened. I heard you say it would take two days to get White to Lake Minto by dog sled. I left the room to, to, to find Henri and tell him to get the dog sled ready. Oui? Oh, on my way to the shed where the dogs are kept, I I, I missed the trail somehow. C'est possible. That could happen. Well, of course it could. It, it did happen to me. Next thing I knew, I was off in the woods somewhere without the slightest idea of where I was. I started back the way I thought I had come, and then after walking for an hour, I realized that was the wrong way. Yeah. So I tried another direction, and that was wrong. Well, you can see the spot I was in. Gosh, Mr. Kent, sounds like you were hopelessly lost. I was, Jim, I was. It took me six hours, three of them in this blinding snowstorm, to find my way back. I was scared to death, I can tell you that. I could see myself dying of starvation and freezing out in those woods. But what if, Perry, you say he's safe? Oh, How do you know? No, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm coming to that. While I was wandering through the woods, I suddenly heard a great burst of wind. It, it, it wasn't like the ordinary wind that was howling about. There was a strange, eerie quality to it. While I looked up, and there, flying through the air with Perry White in his arms, was Superman. Superman? Gosh, I might have known. Superman has been around here. Didn't he save Mr. White and me from the bear in the first place? Of course. And incidentally, Superman was heading in the, in the direction of Lake Minto. Ah, this is great relief. If Superman pick up Perry, then all is well with my friend. Come. We go upstairs to my room. We get in touch with the mountains at Lake Minto and find out for sure. All right. Come. Oh, golly. It sure is a relief, Mr. Kent. Mr. Bove and I didn't know what had happened. There's just no way of figuring it out. Now, don't you worry. Mr. White will be all right, and the rest of us. Say, by the way, Lois is all right, isn't she, Jimmy? Oh, sure, I guess so. Here is my room. We go in. Jimmy, what do you mean you guess Lois is all right? Oh, gosh, I haven't seen her all day. What? Mr. Bovey and I have been running all over the place trying to find you and Mr. White. Half the time we were out in the woods, thinking we could pick up a trail or something. You haven't seen Lois all day? I don't know. No, well, I guess she's in her room now. She's certainly not out in this storm. Well, uh, I'll look in on her when we finish here. You got the mounted station at Lake Minto yet, Sebastian? One moment. Hello? Hello? This is Sebastian Bovey calling. Hello? 
Ah, that you might. I want to know about Dory. Huh? Ah. Oh, magnifique. Dory, magnifique. Oui. C'est bon, c'est bon. Merci mille fois. Bonsoir, Mike. Well, Mr. White, is he... Perry is all right. He's tagged there by Superman. You see? is now on his way by airplane to Ottawa. He will be all right. Oh, it is a relief to me, this. Oh, golly, same here. You know what I'm going to do now? What, Jim? I'm going to go to bed and sleep for the next three days. Yes, you must be exhausted, Jim. Walk down to Lois's room with me first, will you? I want to say goodnight to her before turning in. Oh, sure, Mr. Kent. You will uh, leave soon for Metropolis, Mr. Kent? Leave for Metropolis? What do you mean, Sebastian? Well, Paris is gone. Why for you stay? Well, we've still got to clean up the mystery of this headless Indian. Say, by the way, you've got a pretty tough crowd of people staying here now. They look like gangsters to me, not sportsmen. Oui, they look like that to me, too. I wish to get rid of them, but I cannot. Why can't you get rid of them? Well, because they wired a lot for three months. They are friends of Mr. Graham. Say, we haven't seen Mr. Graham all day either. Yeah, Mr. Graham pay for everything complete. All he says, nobody else. My regular customers, they must not come. Oh, exclusive, isn't he? Why didn't you mention this before? Why? Well, because I do not think it is important. I think it's very important. Jim, did you say something about not seeing Graham all day? Huh? Oh, yeah, that's what I said. I said, what's the matter? You look upset about something. Oh, me? No, no, not at all. Oh, well, here's Lois's room. Got to come in, Jim? No, I'm too tired. I'll go into my own room if you don't mind. Oh, of course not, Jim. You go right ahead. Good night. Good night. Good night, Sebastian. Bonsoir, Mr. Kent. Lois. Lois, it's Clark. I want to talk to you. Lois. Strange doesn't answer. I'll try the knob. What? The door's open. I better turn on the light. What? I'll be... She's not here. The room's empty. Well, I'd better find out about a few things. Maybe Jim can tell me. Hey, why don't you watch where you're going, Max? Sorry, you were passing the room as I came hurrying out the door. Uh Well, that's okay. I was just telling you, won't wait in my own room. Oh, say, say, by the way, could you tell me which is Mr. Graham's room? Yeah, number 14. But I wouldn't disturb him if I was you. Oh, why not? Well, I seen him going out hunting this morning with that dame Lois Lane. What? Yeah. I don't know when he got back, but he always gets plenty tired after a day's hunting. And if you wake him up, it's moider. Okay, thanks for the tip. Yeah, and he better be taking it too, bud. So, Graham's been out hunting with Lois, and she's not in her room. I knew something would happen while I was away. Gotta work fast. The next step is to see if Graham's in his room. Mr. Graham! Mr. Graham! He doesn't answer. His door's locked. No time to worry about Sebastian's property, and I go... Oh, just as I thought, the room's empty. I've got to figure this out and fast. Now, let's see. Graham and Lois go hunting this morning. No one has seen them all day, and neither of them is in now. And they must still be in the woods. Something must have happened. And in this blizzard. Well, there's no sense waiting. This is a job for Superman. Yeah. Off of these clothes. There we are. Now then, up with the window. Go. Now, out. Up and away. Out into the blinding blizzard, red cape screaming in the wind, Superman speeds across the dark forest, barely touching the tops of the tall pines. Meanwhile, deep in the heart of the fearful forest, Lois, hopelessly lost, tries to find her way back to the lodge. Listen. 
Snow is waist deep. I can hardly move against it. I've got to keep going. I must reach the lodge. What's that? Stay away from me. Oh. Nothing but the branches of a tree. Looks like some fantastic creature out of Alice in Wonderland. Oh, Hell of a wolf. I wonder... I wonder if that could be... The Wendigo. The werewolf that Sebastian spoke of. Oh, oh what? No. Oh, it can't be. It's my imagination. I must be seeing things. And yet there it is. Coming toward me through the woods. A horse and a headless rider. Flaming through the night. Half-lying in the snow, a thoroughly exhausted Lois watches with horrified, spellbound eyes as the headless Indian and his flaming horse gallop through the night. Meanwhile, Superman, like some great eagle, circles the forest, searching for Lois. Will he reach her in time? Will he arrive before she succumbs to cold and starvation? Be on hand tomorrow for another thrill-packed episode. Listen in every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Tune in and follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is directed by George Lothar and is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!